0: Hello and welcome to Tuesday Thanks, presented by Leeds Hospitality Group. I'm your host, Brian Proctor. Join me as we sit down to chat with yet another industry leader. Our guests come from a wide range of professions across the globe. We'll take the time to learn about their journey, where it started and where they are today. We use this opportunity to allow the guest to thank an individual or individuals that played a key role in their career understand what they learned from the experience and how they have incorporated it into their own development and growth. Gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Not only can it help your mental well-being, it can also improve your physical health. So join us as we share some great stories, thank a lot of wonderful people, and of course, share some laughs. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tuesday's Thanks. I'm excited today to be joined by Brian Tuba, founder and CEO of Aligned Hospitality Management. Based in Arizona, Aligned Hospitality Management was founded in 2021 with just two properties, and they have quickly grown to close to 20 properties as we air this episode. Brian, thanks so much for taking the time today to join me. I really appreciate it. No, Brian, thank you for having
1: me. Like I said earlier, very humbled to be here and a big fan of the show.
0: Oh, well, thank you. So um, we're going to get right into this like I always do. So, you know, you're a young kid, you're at Northern Arizona University getting a political science major. Of course, you're going to go to the hotel business. How how does that all come about that you, you know, you graduate and then you go on to, I think your first job was at the Four Points um, in uh, Tempe, right?
1: Yeah, that's the first job I put on the resume. I had a long career in sales. Like a lot of your uh, guests, I was born into the industry. Both my parents were general managers for Hilton. One of them was a task force general manager that traveled the state. So I developed a love for travel very, very early on. And then one was a kind of stayed at the same property, started off as a housekeeper and worked her way up to be a GM, same property for 40 years. And actually, she's now my president and my mother, Holanda Lazarga. Her story is a whole other episode. So I I, I really, I was born into the industry. You know, I joke with everybody. I looked at hotels as amusement parks, uh, because when you're in diapers and the big properties, you're running around, you know, all the ins and outs. I know I knew all the chefs. So I got great desserts, got to know the sales teams, the back of the house. Uh, Double Tree was always my favorite brand because I used to get the cookies, (laughs) So really I grew up in the industry and didn't know what anything else was at that point. So yeah, so went to school at NAU, didn't go into the H R M program, went into political science. I thought I wanted to be a politician, which like you said, kind of dives right into the sales side of things. But because of the security of the, of the parents and, you know, I, again, grew up in the industry, summer jobs. I was a housekeeper. I was front desk. I went through reservations. And then actually my first real break and, and somebody that I really admire for it uh, was a gentleman by the name of Eduardo Fernandez. And I was working at the Doubletree Reed Park in Tucson, Arizona. And I was a front desk agent at this point. And I just, you know, you, you found your stride. I had the the night shift, checking in and out, got to know all the government guys. And <clears throat> I loved it. And one day he called me into his office and he said, Brian, do you do you like this industry? And I said, like, I love it. That's all I know. And he said, well, then you need to get away from Hilton. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, what did I do wrong? (laughs) I I love this. What's happening? And Eduardo explained to me because of who my parents were, and they were both within the Hilton family, that I needed to I needed to make my own name. So, you know, and I, I might be jumping ahead here, but he he told me he's got friends in the industry. And that leads me to that four points piece. He said, you know, we have a position, SRSA, and I have a friend that works at the four points and you may remember this in the Starwood days sales reporting systems analyst, which was mm-hmm. actually on the revenue side. So at this point I was, I think I was 19 or 20 years old. And, you know, I said, great, let's, let's do it. It's in a sales office. I didn't really know what revenue management was. And I said, but it's in sales. And, you know, based on my time at the front desk, I used to see these salespeople go, they had. Drinks and meals, and then they they left for a week to travel to everywhere else, and I and, and then I watched my parents do operations, and they worked late, and they you know long yeah. hours. Uh, so I said, you know, I, I think I'm in for this sales thing. I can do this. So anyway, so I I got into the Four Points as a sales reporting systems analyst, and realized, wait a minute, this is this is all numbers. I'm running reports and. Telling these goals for the sales managers, et cetera. And I I, you know, to be honest with you, I hated it in the beginning. Um, uh, but I had somebody that who has been a long mentor of mine, Sandy Osberg was her name. She was the director of sales and marketing. And it was actually a dual property at that point. There was a Sheraton and a Four Points, and the sales teams sold both properties. And she sat down and she talked to me. And again, I'm 19 at this point. And she said, Brian, the day you turn 21. I'm going to put you in a sales manager role. And she says, you know, you have the personality, you're natural with people. That's what she always used to tell me. That was her motivator to me. And the day you turn 21, you've got a job with me, no interviews, no matter where I'm at. You're a sales manager. That's awesome. So naturally, Brian, I got to tell you this though. So naturally I quit two weeks later. Uh, (laughs) I said, you know, I am, you know, I'm anxious. I'm rambunctious. And I want to leave, so I actually went back to school and started, you know, dabbling around back into political science again. And I, w- I went to school for about six months, and then I had an opportunity to travel the world. I uh, really got involved with the fashion industry, so I got to travel the world for about a year and a half. Uh, lived in Manhattan, lived in Europe, and and went back and forth, and and. I'll fast forward. Don't want to bore you with that. How can I that keep... be boring? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, there's some stories I probably shouldn't tell mm-hmm. in the air. Okay. <laughs> no, but anyways, I came back and I, you know, literally the day I turned 21, I came back. I was tired of kind of living on the, uh, as a nomad. And I came into Sandy Osberg and, and I said, you promised me the day I turned 21. And Brian, I kid you not, she sent me down to HR, Laura Burnett, who was another key in my career growth and my, my growth through Starwood and Laura Barnett looked at me and she said, you're crazy. Sandy is one of the toughest directors of sales and marketing. She is black and white. There are no gray areas, which in sales, I mean, you come to learn we live in gray. Mm -hmm. So she was very, very report driven, which I think Starwood was for a long time, but she taught us. She taught us everything. She taught us what a star meant. She taught us what a P&L looked like. She showed us what sales impact was on a P&L. And I say this because as I started growing my career and I started going to bigger box properties, sales managers are told just to go book it, just go get it. And and we didn't understand the implications of the business we brought to the hotel and why we were told no in DBRs. And, and you know, we didn't learn about patterns and, and at a little four points. Why were we even thinking about those at those times? But that was the greatness to set to Sandy is that she, she could see the growth and she was about growth with her entire team. So she wanted to make sure we understood the big picture.
0: Yeah.
1: So then uh, Brian, I was there for, I, I was there for about six months and Sandy took a promotion. <laughs> so, so she left me hanging and you know. I was very fortunate. There was a woman by the name of Deborah Lottie who then came in and took the role. She was a sales manager at the Sheraton and she uh, was promoted to director of sales. And I will tell you that is a relationship that has lasted a lifetime. I worked with her again when I, further down the road at La Paloma and Kierland, Uh, but she's also the godmother of my son. So again, you know, why do we love this industry? Those relationships are just so deep. But Deborah Lottie was somebody that brought a different scope to sales for me. She she showed it wasn't you had to be the loudest or the most uh, creative or in front of everything. She was so detailed in everything that she did that she couldn't lose a piece of business because she knew exactly what the client was looking for. She listened. She didn't just talk. And then as far as managing people and leading people, it was the same approach. You you would go in for your one-on-ones and you'd leave there and go, wait a minute, I I just talked for 45 minutes. And yet at the end of it, she she would come up with a whole plan just in her mind of how we're going to get you to where you want to go with your next steps. And just, I mean, just, it was, it was an amazing example of servant leadership. It was never about her. It was always putting us on the forefront, making sure we are in a position to succeed and never, ever took the credit. And, and those are things that I still, and I'm an outgoing guy. I, I like to be out there. And, and still, when it comes to leadership, it's the servant leadership mentality that she taught me. What can I do for you? And, and I truly believe that's been a big part of the success we have today.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I want to go back to when you were a young kid. Yeah. Now, did you ever live in a hotel or were you always just hanging around the hotel?
1: So so here's the thing. My parents divorced at a young age and both of them, again, were general managers. So my dad, when he was on task force, I would visit him in the summers. So I always I always went to the fun hotels in the summers because my dad did larger boxes. So, you know, in Charlotte, and, and forgive me, I'm going to forget the names, but it, one of the properties had the this really neat upper deck area is what they called it, the upper deck bar. And so I would live on the properties then, but it was like summer camp for me because I'd be out there playing with guests or they would have camps. So I didn't live there, you know, in the sense of you have to go in and clean the rooms. They never made me do that. I would go down for big events because the food was good. And usually the chefs would put me a little bit to work, (laughs) you know, plate this up or, you know, Hey, Brian, can you help bring sheets to the, to the, the housemen and those type of things. So I lived there, but for very short stints, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah. Did you ever get in trouble? Because the reason I bring it up, I, I had a, a general manager who shall remain nameless. And he had a young lad, you know, and they lived in the hotel at that time. And this this kid was he's grown up to be a wonderful young man, family doing very well. But man, he was rambunctious. And and the one thing that we forbid him to do was skateboard in the back of the house. And uh, one day we caught him skateboarding. He almost ran over this poor room attendant. So me and another manager who shall remain nameless also to protect the innocent. We just picked him up and threw him in one of the dryers and closed the door and said, "Okay, hang on. And man, he thought he was going to get tumble dried. And so he went like literally he left us. We knew he was going to his mom. So me and the other manager went to our office and said, we'll count this five until the GM calls us into his office. <laughs> and sure enough, we get the call, come to my office. And it was like, what are you doing to my kid? You know, type of thing. My wife is all over me. But so any bad things you did or were you a well-behaved young guy? No, no,
1: I, I wish I was well-behaved. I think my parents wish I was well-behaved. <laughs> uh, no, I was definitely not afraid to tell people who my dad was when I was uh, at the hotel. And to his credit, when, when somebody finally called me on it, we had a, we had a chef and he, he will remain nameless, but he, he got tired of, of it, right? The attitude, the entitlement, I guess you would say. And he, he told me where to go. And then he, it's funny. You said the, the, the tumbler. he actually locked me into the, the walk-in and what seemed like an eternity. I'm sure it was five minutes, right? Yeah. But what seemed like an eternity, I came out and I did the same thing. I ran straight to my dad's office and chef did this. And, and my dad said, you know what? You're right. Let's call in chef. So he called in chef and it, quickly the tables turned. <laughs> he, he made an example out of me, told the chef he did a, a, the right thing and that, you know what? That kitchen is his kitchen not mine and that my dad was going to support him hundred percent if his son was acting the way he was then mm. he should be locked into the, the, the walk-in so so i learned really quickly not to use you know you, you use my my dad's role i guess
0: <laughs> yeah okay okay so all right so let's get back to to not present day but you know you're a little older now yeah you, what's the next step after the four points
1: So after the four points, I, and again, maybe leveraged a little bit of relationships through my parents. You may know the name, Jamie Metzger, being a Starwood gentleman.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, Big Sigma. Yep. So towards the end, after he had left Starwood, he opened up the Aloft in Tempe as the general manager with the company Triar. Great, great group of people. Oh my gosh. And you know, Jamie, Jamie gave me an opportunity, he asked me to come in and be a director of sales. We were the I believe it was the 14th or it was somewhere in the top number 20th, alofs a loss. Mm. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. My time at four points was all group. It was and I, and I had a great market. I mean, I had the U of A, which was University of Arizona, right by it, sports, you know, things that I related to. And when I went to the Aloft Tempe, it was great location built right off of the 202 there right near ASU but I didn't know anything about business travel. I, you know, what is an RFP? What is, Mm -hmm. what? I got to, I got to chase people at the front desk. You want me to stay at the desk, check them in and ask what, what other travelers they have coming to the area. (laughs) And, you know, I took that on in November of 2008. So we all know what was going on during that time. It wasn't really the time to start your first you know, director of sales was my title, but it was, you know, a business transient sales manager, really. And I will never forget it, Brian. We had about four months pre-sale and it was a new brand learning the the whole, you know, a go-go at a loft. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we learned the whole lingo. And because of my lack of experience, I, I'll be honest with you, we opened up and I think we had four rooms full for the first I would say 30 days. You want to talk about just waking up and having just being in the worst place. And again, it was a bad time in the economy, in the market, whatnot. But the reason I say this is because, you know, that group, they could have easily let me go and I will never forget it. Jamie Metzger called me into his office and he said, I support you. I know you've got this, you can do this. And just really lifted my confidence. And I go back to that servant leadership, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you, you could imagine the stress he was under, right. He's under the gun. If I'm not performing. Yep. And he brought me in and he told me I, you're the hill I'm going to die on. And he really just, he, he taught me that, you know, you back your team no matter how rough it gets. And he did. And I will tell you up, right. I would say a week after he, he called me in, we landed this Deloitte project and it was, it, it just took off. And again, that, that time it was tough. So so stayed there for about a year and a half. It really got my feet wet. I under, I I really learned the B-T side of things which would help me later on in life and loved the Tempe area. Had a great time. And then I go back to my mentor Sandy Osberg. She finally got promoted to a big box resort. And I grew up in Tucson, Arizona and when somebody calls you from the Western La Paloma, you say yes. Yep. <laughs> And uh, so she had taken on the director of group sales role over at Weston La Paloma and she called me and she had said, you know, you're the first person I thought of, you'll be my first hire. It's a local market, you know, so you'll get your feet wet within a big box resort because as you know, all of a sudden you, you got a hundred departments now. Yeah. Yeah, And uh, so, yeah, so in March of 2010, I'll never forget it. I, I accepted that position. And I went into that hotel and that's, you want to talk about the gratitude list really growing. When I first got there, the general manager was Bill Petrella. I don't know if good, you're familiar.
0: A good, very good friend of mine.
1: I, I will tell you what, Brian, and a lot of my gratitude goes to people that I got to watch afar and just really watch how they they managed a room, managed their teams. But we had the number one uh, meeting planner satisfaction scores in all of Starwood at that time in Tucson, Arizona. And- the team that he built from an operational standpoint to sales, to catering, to revenue, banquet, the vision he had and the way he was able to get the team to buy into that vision, I had never seen anything like it. And, and he was a gentleman that knew just enough about everything that he would hold your feet to the fire and he would hold you, account- oh boy, but you would go through a wall for him. And, and I watched him, you know, we'd have these massive local events coming in and there was not a person, there was not a single person that came into his home that he did not welcome. And he shook every single person's hand. It'd be a, you know, 600 person banquet. Every single person knew who Bill Petrello was. And, and, and he did that locally too. He was very, <clears throat> he was a big advocate for the, you know, for the tourism industry within Tucson which is a big resort town. And, and he just, I mean, he just moved mountains. So I really got to see, I got to see that side of leadership and while learning the big box market. Mm-hmm. So that was the first person. And then, you know, we went through the, the property went through a bankruptcy ownership, went through bankruptcy. You may know all this, right? I mean, it, I, yes,
0: your... I'm very familiar with that yeah. property.
1: So he moved on, he moved on to San Antonio and, yep. you know, obviously his career was just incredible. But I will tell you through this bankruptcy, Starwood brought in uh, a few other GMs to hold the place. I was there for three years and I think I went through probably four or five GMs. And there were two other GMs that came in on task force. Todd Iacono, who's now at the W and Scottsdale, yep. uh, stayed in touch with him. Oh my gosh. That was, that was the first time I felt like, Oh, this is a sales guy as a GM. And, and he wasn't, he came up through operations, but he yep. just, he got it. man. He just got it. And very inspirational. I still talk to him today. He's a huge fan. You talk about gratitude. He He's introduced me to some people that I probably would have never gotten into the door with. And and he does it with a smile on his face. Doesn't expect anything back, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And then another gentleman was Mr. Jonathan Litvak, who's now oh in my
0: God.
1: San Diego. And, you know, you talk about Todd and Bill, and then you go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Was Mr. Litvak. You know, he was very quiet, but he was very... Matter of fact, he, another one that supported us completely. And I just remember how he carried himself. He didn't, again, another one that didn't have to be the show. And he really, he, he, he really inspired me because he, he said what he said, he meant what he said, and then he held you accountable for what he said. And that was it. He didn't have to go any further. He didn't have to, you know, if things went wrong, he let you know it. And then it was fine. Five minutes later, you're having, you're having lunch together.
0: Exactly.
1: So, so yeah, so I, I really at that property and then, you know, I made great relationships, Ryan Bunker, George Bond, Chris Atkins. These are, these are all people I still talk to, to this day. Ryan Bunker has had a great career. He became a director of sales and marketing at big box hotels with Lowe's with Starwood, et cetera, or Marriott now, I should say, excuse me. So yeah, so during that time, I actually got, you know, a taste of success. I ended up taking on the Helms Briscoe market as a vertical there, which it wasn't performing at the hotel. I ended up growing that to be the largest account that the hotel had. You may know the name, Mike Satterfield, who, who long time Helms Briscoe. Any, anybody in the sales world will know who Mike Satterfield is.
0: Yeah. Familiar. Uh,
1: yeah he became a big mentor of mine, VP of sales with Helms Briscoe. He's got a team, the Arizona team. <laughs> and you know, it, it's funny. I'll tell you this, this, a little story on how i introduced myself to him so i i had learned he became big in fitness right so and this was a big chance and i probably wouldn't do it today so i sent him a picture of himself on a surfboard and i said this must have been before the first fitness class so <laughs> so immediately brian and, and and i knew from other people he had a good personality and he's yeah. a joke so immediately my phone rings and you know, when I told you I did that little hiatus in Europe, I I was modeling. So he had found some really pictures I probably don't want seen throughout the internet. And he and he sent back to me. and He said I'd be very careful <laughs> sending pictures out to people. And now I'll tell you what I just spoke to his wife a couple of days ago. His daughter's getting married, who I went to dinner with the first time, and she was just just a baby, so I'm not feeling old. So but he and he's been instrumental in my career. I, I still to this day, I call him for advice, you know, just how would he handle things. And, he, and, and that came from that La Paloma day. I mean, just just great relationships came from the West of La Paloma. I, that, that is a place to me that will forever be near and dear to the heart.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a great resort and some great managers and teams have gone through that. Bill just bought a house back in Tucson. So he's moving back to Tucson because he's retired now. Yeah. And uh, Bill and I worked together when he was in San Antonio and I was the area managing director. So I had to Good fortune of working with him there, so that was fun. But I didn't so, realize he's back to Tucson.
1: I'll have to connect with him. He golfs every day. I see it on you know social media. Well,
0: yeah, <laughs> he just posted it on Instagram. He took a he posted a picture of a house that they were they had just bought after they did their little. Where were they in uh, Chicago or something? Or you know yeah. he's always traveling now. But but I digress again. So so you're down in La Paloma, mm-hmm. the wonderful Weston Kirland. Were you part of the opening team? Because I'm trying to think if our paths crossed
1: no i was not so yeah. my time at la paloma i actually you know like i said i had a great success i made the the incentive trip uh that year It was in puerto rico went to the saint regis was just incredible mm. while there got to meet all the i, I call them the kirlin ladies rachel Safera, lisa Pedrosi. you know go down tracy davies liz got to know everybody on the trip and I really just connected Them. I mean, as you know, I don't know many people that don't connect with them. They are just, you want to talk about some of the the most seasoned, amazing salespeople they are. And it's all driven by relationship. That team there was incredible. So, anywho, so Rachel Safara, I worked with her a lot with the Helms Briscoe market. That was her account. And they had a position open up there. And she said, Brian, I mean, it's natural progression, you know. Can you come up? And at this point I, I had a one-year-old, so back at La Plum. So another reason La Plum was near and dear to my heart is my son was born there while we were there. So we, my wife and I, we made the move up the hour and a half drive to the Phoenix Scottsdale area. And that began a different level for me, for the sales and convention side of things. You know, when you're in Tucson in a second tier market like that, you know, doors aren't opened as easily as they are in Carolyn and you're negotiating from a different stance. Um, uh, so Kierland was the first time and where I really felt like you got to negotiate from a sense of, I don't want to say power. That sounds like a bad word, but you know, you, you're, you're, you, you, get to dictate terms a little bit more when you're in a market like that versus a market like Tucson. Yeah. And just, a—I mean, just well tuned machine. That thing was so well oiled. It was it, Sundays to, to Wednesdays, you know, Thursday, it was just a. One group moved in, one group moved out. One group in, one group out. And it was just year round. That that machine, that's what I called it. It was just a machine. Bruce, Liz, the the way they ran that property <clears throat> was amazing. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so that I stayed there and I was only there for about a year, uh, about a, almost two years. Again, very, I, I've always been this way. I, I, I want to make it to the top. I wanted. I wanted to be the, the chief i you know i want i love leadership i study it i i wanted my own team and i actually did leave for a little stint i went to a property that was actually a, a tribal property it was a casino and that i left there i was very overzealous as a director of sales small team and i'll be very honest with you i was there for a very short stint i said yes to say yes i know you always talk about take those opportunities try yep, it out I gotta try it exactly. And that wasn't for me. The gaming, the, the tribal experience just wasn't not what I was used to coming up through Starwood, et cetera. Yeah. So then, you know, Mike Satterfield with Helms Brisco called me up and said, Hey, Brian, I just got a call from Pam Gilbert over at the Scottsdale Fairmont princess, and they have a position that I think you would be really good at handling HB, handling Arizona market, et cetera. My, my strengths so i got a chance to work at the princess and i still to this day saw the greatest visionary uh, leader i've ever seen in jack miller Um, i don't know if you're familiar with jack miller um, but that gentleman the christmas at the princess or fourth of july the waste management open um, i'll tell you that was such an experience and and if life didn't happen, I'd probably still be there today. I have never enjoyed a, a sales job like that. It was every week was an event. It was just amazing.
0: Yeah. No, he's, I, I've never met him. I've heard so much about him, seen the, you know, I've toured the property. I've just heard nothing but fabulous stuff about him. Yeah.
1: And I mean, the story of how the property was in in rough shape when he came in, he bought one Christmas tree. He said, we're going to make, you know, Christmas at the princess. And now, I mean, it's the biggest event in Scottsdale during Christmas time. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. So so from
0: there, where to? Yeah.
1: So like I said, life happened at that point. 2016, uh, my stepfather was diagnosed with uh, stage four lymphoma cancer. And they were down in Tucson and anybody that knows me knows that family is always first. I mean, faith, family, love, those are our core values. So my my stepfather was diagnosed with cancer and he was, and is still thank God in remission now, but very close to to my son. And, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. So we, we made the decision and that was tough because again, I was having the time of my life. I mean, you know, first time making decent money, bonusing every quarter. It was just things were so good. So, so yeah, it, life happened. So we started looking down in Tucson again and uh, Ryan Bunker, the gentleman who I mentioned earlier said, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, we have an opportunity down here for you. And so I ended up at the Hilton El Conquistador Resort. And, you know, this is really where I, I, I jump started. you know, Prism was managing that company at this time. And I am forever grateful for Prism. I, you know, Steve Van, Allison Handy, just amazing people in the industry. The general manager I had the opportunity to work with, Guy Alexander. I wish I had more time with Guy Alexander. He, he was he was somebody that kind of taught me to rein in uh, the fire a little bit. I'll never forget one of the, and I still have to remember this today. He came in one time and you know, it was after a a stand up and me and the chef got into it a little bit with you know menu pricing or something. <clears throat> and I'm a fiery guy and I'll never forget he and this was just a little bit tippy this is what he did all the time and he came in and he said, you know very calm you know if I got upset every day, would you take me seriously when I got upset? And it was one of those things where no I wouldn't. He goes, remember that use the fire as a tool rather than that, that defining you. And then, you know, and I forgot the acronym you guys used on a couple of your, your podcasts, but he was never in his office. He walked around, he knew, he knew both my kids' names. He knew their birthdays. He knew what they liked. He knew if they had a soccer tournament two weeks prior. I mean, he just invested into his staff. And when I first got to that property, Brian, when I I looked at the GRC, and I about fainted. I, I texted my wife in that moment and I said, we, I don't know why we left. <laughs> why did we leave to come down here? We could have visited every weekend. <laughs> and at that point I had first come in as the director of group sales. And so we had a good team there and, you know, I I came in and was kind of supposed to flip it and rebuild. And, and I'll tell you what, when I got in there, I got to know the team and, to this day probably still the most fun i ever had working with the team just talk about the guidance taking everything i learned and you know sitting down listening to what they needed the support that they needed and i'll tell you what we ended up putting more money in those books that that in about a year and i think i was there for a year and a half and the director of sales and marketing got another opportunity and, uh, Prisma approached me and said, would you consider becoming a director of sales and marketing? And I, you know, I had no marketing background and I said, this is a resort. Are you sure? <laughs> like, you know, and, and I didn't do much with catering either, or conference services other than just working with them. And they said, no, we, we think we can, you know, work with you. And, and again, to Allison's genius, she saw something and she took the time and she molded me really to take that team to the next level. And, I I'll tell you what that team just it, it was incredible. I had such a good time there.
0: Um, they and that's a great resort too. I mean the con is fantastic.
1: It really is. And you know while I was there we went through a renovation. They they had new ownership come in. They did a beautiful job. And they gee another one of his his strengths were he wanted to make sure he was telling stories with every everything that we did. So we. We brought in forbes to do training i mean there were a lot of a lot of nuances that we did that really elevated the property uh, because one of the biggest complaints about the property was it didn't feel resort enough mm-hmm. so he really brought that aspect in horseback riding we brought in you know now they've got the spa that started when i was there as far as the vision for that so really that was a property that i i, I got to I got to see the other side. I started seeing the other side of the industry rather than chasing groups. I could see the business side, the real estate side, the, you know, the enhancements, the renovations, etc. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I'm forever grateful for Elcon. I still keep in touch with a lot of the players there. Obviously Prism is now with Ainbridge, but I have had an opportunity to stay in touch with a lot of the, the players there or players that have now left and moved on in their career. And they, again, they just, they were they were very influential in my career so I, I'm forever grateful for prism and, and that property
0: that's awesome and then so how do you make this jump to focus because I, and I have to be honest with you I'm not a I'm not familiar with focus hospitality
1: yeah so good story for you so I am uh, well, that's I'm
0: still, good I'm not doing this show for nothing yeah right
1: <laughs> freedom tip no uh, so as I told you my mom uh, is in the industry and when the the recession hit back in 2008 um, she was at a property down in Tucson, actually that same property, that Devil Tree Park that I grew up in. And the ownership group went through, uh, went through a bankruptcy. So when they were going through all the legalities, LNR, and the bank, everybody came in, they couldn't figure out how my mom's hotel still actually made a profit because everywhere else was losing in this time. Well, it came out that she had taken a pretty substantial pay cut on her own without, and, and this is the type of ownership group they were. They had no idea she did it. To this day, I don't know how you don't know that, but, and then she she asked her executive team to take pay cuts rather than just cutting staff. She approached them and, and she just had a great approach to how to get through this, to manage through this. And in her mind, that's just, that's what we do for our owners, mm-hmm. we just manage through so anyway, so fast forward, the, the ownership group that she worked with to their credit said, you know, we're going to keep on these, this one small Comfort in. and, you know, the, the new ownership group that came in the bank, they all wanted my mom to go work for them, but dedicated to her family. She didn't want to travel. She wanted to stay in the Tucson area. I had a younger brother that was still going through school. <clears throat> she, she turned them down. So they went up and she went up with this ownership group. And they formed a company called Focus Hospitality. Oh, okay. So it started with one comfort and in suites. And then the ownership group, like smart people do, they got back on their feet. They bought a couple other branded hotels in the area. And uh, so then they had three hotels. Well, they were doing a fantastic job. So the name got out like it usually does if you're doing a good job. And other then they brought on, I think it was, they got up to five and So this is this is the funny part. So in 2018, the same ownership group of El Conquistador was asking Focus to manage some of their select serve properties. So Helinda, without or my mom, without my knowledge, started negotiating with them. And you know we always talked. We're gonna we're gonna work together. And you're you know you're gonna retire working. We're gonna work together. We're gonna get that. Me and my mom are very close. Yeah. and uh, so i I'm, I'm sitting in a all staff meeting and Guy had moved on from general manager he was now vp of ops for prism and i'm getting these calls from Guy and i and i kept ignoring it right because i'm in staff and he kept calling kept calling and i finally said i i'm sorry i gotta step out he's calling me and first thing he says he says do you want to tell me something and i said well, no, other than we had just booked this massive association. So I was like, well, we've got the multi-year. The signature just came in today. But I was waiting to tell you that until after staff. No, 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 no. He goes, are, are you interviewing? And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about, Tee. <laughs> and he says, you know, the ownership group called me, and your mom told them that the only way they'll take on the hotels is if you, if they're allowed to steal you away from us and come work for Focus. Oh no way! Yeah, so you know, so I, I, I mom, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, this is something I should probably have knowledge of. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that you know, eventually, and, and to Allison and Prisms' credit, again, I hadn't been with them long in that new role. And they knew it. I mean, Allison came out and she actually flew out to sit with me, had breakfast. And I, you know, I was very honest with her. I told her I would never work for another company other than Prism if this wasn't my mom. And, you know, again, that I'll tell you what, that that opened up everything to me, Brian. I mean, that taught me another side, you know, third party management. But I'll never forget this. And this was this was a good story. So I. I think I was I was at Focus for about a month and there was a Marriott ownership conference. And so they sent me out and I'll never forget it. uh, And another gentleman who I still, good friend of mine now, Haral Patel, he says, Hey, you know, find me at the event. Okay. And I, and again, I'm I'm just ignorant to all of this. And he said, look up Patel (laughs) at the conference and, and find me. And so going into it, I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, And so I went to the registration desk and I said, Hey, I'm looking for a Mr. Patel. (laughs) And the lady looked at me like I was joking. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Was was this a select serve Marriott group? It was. Yeah, it was.
1: Extended state. state. Yes. Gotta be uh, at
0: least 100 Patels there.
1: Oh, at least, right? It was like four pages of the thing. So I I called him and he was just cracking up. And so, anyways, it, it started that for me, the first time that I was on a different relationship with ownership group, investors, etc. instead of talking at them telling them what I'm doing it's you know how can we partner what's the, what are these next steps and focus they you know they they brought me in to grow the company was the idea they they said if we're going to take on this third party then we're going to we're going to go full board with it so i was with them for 3 years obviously covid hit in the middle of that so that kind of put a little bit of a stop to the growth and you know to their credit they didn't lay any of us off but they, they had us work from home and in Arizona, you know, golf was a necessity. So I, I, I'm a, I'm a big golfer and, and I'm kind of fast forwarding here, but this kind of talks about the aligned idea came alive, but I, I became really good friends with a multifamily gentleman in the area. And we golfed a ton and, you know, he's got over, uh, I, I couldn't tell you, you know, 2000 units between Arizona and Ohio, et cetera. And, and you know, you get talking to these guys, and you talk about what you do and these things. And and one day he just said to me, "Well, why don't you start your own thing?" And and you know, I told him no for a first year and a half because I was so afraid of it, and you know, didn't want to. Just one of those things, right? You you don't. Oh yeah. Until you try it, you don't know what the heck. You don't know what you don't know. Right. So, anyway, so that's that 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 from Focus meeting those type of relationships really led to where we're at now. And uh, so met with, met Jarrett, my business partner and on the golf course. And he finally convinced me to, to step out and try this, this, this venture. And, you know, as you said, in the introduction, we started with two hotels in December of 2021 and we have now, we'll we'll be at 25 by the end of this year.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's outstanding. So let's, let's go back. So you're playing golf Mm -hmm. with this guy who's in the, multifamily business, which, you know, I was in the service department industry. So it's a little, you know, a little incestuous there. Yeah. So these guys have a totally different view on hospitality on business on what drives profit. How do, number one is how do you come up with the name aligned hospitality? What's this? Because that's not a typical hospitality name. So how did you come up with that? What was the genesis of that?
1: You know, so again, uh, I'm very spiritual faith, you know, faith, family, love and a long golf round. So, uh, and my wife's help. So me and uh, Jared were, were at uh, stone Canyon actually where they play the match. So (laughs) in Tucson, and, you know, we started getting really serious about this and it was, you know, what's a name that can represent how we feel, how we want to do our business. How does it, you know, how, how do we communicate to our clients to ownership groups that we're there for them and yet still reflect what we believe in. And you know, when I'm aligned with you in a partnership, we're together. We all of us are on the same mission. We've got the same goal. And so that's really aligned. My my wife said we're we're talking about this, and it's just it's alignment. You're aligned with so many things in life, and you're gonna be aligned with your clients on the same goals. So that's really where the name aligned came from. It was Stone Canyon on a Thursday afternoon and during covid.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, you see, I love those stories because you know, people wonder like, you know, you know, your name's not Marriott, so I get that, but you know, aligned hospitality management has that's a fascinating story. That's awesome. So now again, you started with two. Mm-hmm. You guys, if I if I did my homework right, I think and I could be wrong are solely in Arizona at this point, or have you been able to venture outside of Arizona?
1: So I can, now I can say it out loud, uh, until tomorrow, we will be in Colorado, the Denver area. Oh, Start nice. tomorrow. I'm actually catching a flight tonight out uh, for the transition. Most of my team is out there now. So we'll be in Colorado and then safe to say as well, before the end of the year, we'll be in the Dallas market as well. Right. Yeah, we are. Again, I think anybody that knows me will tell you, I, I can't do anything small. It has to be big. So. You know, as you talk about the runway, and I, I think—and forgive me—I can't remember who said it—but building the jet as we fly, that mm-hmm. has—that really has been our model. And you know, I, and I got to take a second and thank everybody. So, you know, my mom, Helinda, is our president. She's, she is my partner in crime. And I'll tell you what—I—we I, I, said it from the beginning. I, I'll go find us the business, but you—you got to operate it. And she is found some great operators, Stephen Reed, David Fowler, Tara Lundgren has really, they're the boots on the ground for us. And let me tell you, they are just amazing. You you know, I think a lot of people say you can get a hold of us throughout the day. 2 a.m., they're answering their phones. What can we do for you? Let me help you out. We really take on a hands-on approach. I truly believe because of my story, we develop from within. I want to make sure that we're training, training, training so, those three have just been instrumental, I, just massive. And then Gabby Sanudo, she has been with me from the El Conquistador days uh, as my VP of sales. And what she's done with a lot of these select service and economy brand hotels, bringing that different point of view from a sales and revenue management standpoint, has really been the key to our success. And then Sally Hines, our CFO, and Lori Blue, our controllers. They, I'll tell you what, Brian, I did accounting for the first couple of months and they will tell you that it took them six months to clean me up.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, are they still cleaning up that mess or is yeah. that all done? Every time I walk by them, they try to trip me. Yeah, uh, a little cringe in the office.
1: Exactly. So, you know, we have just built this team and uh, they have been amazing. The hours that they've put in, you know, you've been on the third party management side. It's, it's, it never stops. It never The opportunities are always there and just never, ever. It's always a celebration. Uh, You know, you go from two to 25 hotels. I I, I can tell you, I used to not have any grays. It, 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 It can be a lot. And this team has never once wavered away from the challenge. And it's just absolutely incredible.
0: And you're growing solely by contracts, right? Are, you're not doing any owner-developer, or is it just all third-party at this point? It, it's been right? all
1: third-party, and really, to be honest with you, it's high-net individuals. We do have one port, one ownership group that has multiple hotels, uh, but the remainder are, are mainly one-offs. And uh, you know it, that won't be the <clears throat> strategy forever, but really, when you get the kind of recommendations we've been getting from brands... And brokers and other owners, you know, it's hard. It's hard to say no.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Well, listen, um, you're you're obviously very busy. You got a plane to catch, so you've thanked a ton of people is there and you know it's tuesday after all is there anyone that we have missed yet that you'd like to add in there with the thanks or have you pretty much i i, I stopped writing down my list because there's just i i love this man the fact that you've got all these people that have had such a positive influence on you you're a young guy Like we talked earlier offline you got a huge runway ahead of you with this company and i can't wait to see what you guys do with it so who else would you like to give some thanks to before i let you go find some more hotels
1: yeah i definitely so my my kids think it's so cool i'm on a podcast today so you know i've got i've got to i've got to say hello to christian and ryan i mean the amount of time i'm on the road and those two never make me feel guilty their support is amazing my wife jessica holds down the fort, as I always say, she is truly the backbone of our family. Just wouldn't be able to do any of this without her. And then, you know, I I do want a couple of people that have been huge in our growth. Jagar Dessier with Nugent has been huge. Uh, Nick Hayes with G6, Rip Patel with G6. They've been huge advocates for us. Corey Mitchell with Hilton has been a massive advocate for us. So, you know, those are just a few of the names that uh, have really helped us with this growth. I know I forgot somebody, but I am, I am just walking proof that none of this can be done alone. And I'm just, I'm so grateful and blessed for where we're at.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad CJ made the introduction. And I thought I just, when I started looking into you, it's like, wow, this is a great story. Number one, he's a young guy. And, you know, to go again from two to 25 in such a quick time period is pretty impressive. So, you know, continued success to you and the family. And I can't thank you enough for doing the show. And again you know, we were talking offline because, you know, my listener in Topeka, Kansas never knows what's going on. But, you know, I think we may have to do like an update in a year or two with you, because at this rate, you know, you're going to be selling the company to somebody else. And, you know, you'd never talk to an old guy like me again. So, (laughs) so, so listen, have a a great trip up to Denver. Uh, Good luck with the transition, having done about 150 of those. I know that those are never easy, and it takes a, a village to get those done. But, Continued success, man. It's just super stuff. Thank you, Brian. This this is
1: an amazing podcast. What you're doing is incredible. It's people forget to be grateful every day for what we do. And this industry just allows so many opportunities.
0: Yeah. And, and again, to your point, it, it you know, our industry is such that it does take a team and there's no one person that can do all of these things on their own. So I guess I will end it like I always do, folks. If it's Tuesday, let's get out there and thank some folks. Um, they're going to love it. You're going to feel good doing it. So Brian continued success and uh, we'll look forward to the next 25 hotels you're bringing online. Thank you, Brian. Hope you enjoyed the show today and thanks so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you would like to be a guest on the show so that you can thank someone for their role in your career, please reach out to me via our Tuesday Thanks website at www.tuesdaysthanks.com. Remember, a sincere thank you goes a long way to making someone feel appreciated and can make their day. So until next time, be well, be safe, and please don't be afraid to tell someone thanks. Chat soon!